Praise the Lord. Great job, Pastor Aaron, choir, musicians. Praise the Lord. My dad uh, used to say, I think a little bit tongue-in-cheek, when we first moved from Waycross in 1980 and started back, became members at his old home church in Axon, uh, he would say to people, you know, heaven's just going to be one great big accent in the sky. And somebody said to him, I hope that your, you, uh, that your vision's a little bit better than that. <laughs> well, if you want to know what hell, uh, heaven's going to sound like, it's going to sound like singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. I don't know what tune it'll have, but I know what words it'll have. We'll be singing with the angels that constantly cry around the throne, holy, holy, holy is the whole, the whole earth is full of his glory. One preacher said they don't cry that because they have to. They cry that because they're crying it in response to something they've seen. They see something in the majesty of God that makes them cry holy. And then by the time that gets past their lips, he's already done something else so great, they have to cry one more time, holy. And the preacher went on to say, he woke me up this morning, holy. He is with me all day long, holy. He is my guide and he is my stay, holy. He's my savior, holy. He's my redeemer, holy. He's my healer, holy. Amen. He's going to prepare a place for me, holy. He's going to come back and get me and take me to where he is. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Give him one more hand clap of praise today. Amen. Turning your Bibles today to Judges chapter 5, verse 17. Judges, the fifth chapter, 17th verse. Our text will be out of the English Standard Version, and then our subsequent scriptures will be out of the New King James Version. When you're there, say, Praise the Lord. Okay, two of you are there. All right, now look up behind me here. If you're there, say, Praise the Lord. Okay, about half of you. <laughs> All righty. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he stay with his ships? Asher sat still at the coast of the sea, staying by his landings. I want to preach to you today on the subject. Asher sat still by the sea. Let's pray. Father, we need you this very moment. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God to come down and be with us in a special way, Lord. Speak to us. Lord, minister to us in Jesus' name and challenge us, Lord, to be all that you've called us to do and be. And we ask for the special seal uh, of the Holy Ghost upon your word and, Lord, its energy, its activation, God, to allow us to live and do what thus says the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise, if you will. Amen. Amen. Some people are simply blessed. Now, we are all blessed in one way or another. There are those common blessings in life that the Lord gives to everybody. Everybody suck in. That was a blessing. And that's the reason that the Bible says let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. 
In fact, the apostle Paul said, quoting a pagan prophet, said to those at Mars Hill in the book of Acts, he said, in him we live and move and have our being. The whole world experiences the common blessings of God. Often you hear people quote the scripture, it rains on the just and the unjust. And usually when they quote it, they, they are quoting it to mean the exact opposite of what it meant in scripture. They are saying bad things happen to good people as well as to bad people. And that is true. While that is true, that is not what the scripture is talking about. When it says it rains on the just and the unjust, it says God is so good he doesn't just send rain on Christians' fields. He sends rain on sinners' fields too. He causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. We all enjoyed the sunrise today, not just Christians. Hindus enjoyed it. Buddhists enjoyed it, right? Atheists enjoyed it. Pagans enjoyed it. Heathens enjoyed it. We all enjoyed the sun. There's those common blessings. And then there's what we would call the covenant blessings of God. Now those are reserved. Those are reserved for God's children. They're reserved for the sheep of his hand. They're reserved for his people. Those are those covenant blessings of God. David talked about those blessings when he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, right? And he leads me into green pastures. He anoints my head with oil. He restores my soul. All of those great things that come by being his, by being bought uh, and purchased by the blood, by being a child of God, those are not just common blessings, but in addition to common blessings, we have those covenant blessings. But there are people in life that will have to admit have what I would call copious blessings. Copious is a word that means an overflow, an abundance. In fact, we most often hear copious applied to people when they've been imbibing a little too much. We say they have had copious amounts of alcohol. Well, I'm going to tell you that God has poured out his blessing on some people in such a way that they just seem to have more than their share of blessings. I know that that Somehow or another, that doesn't speak to a fairness in us. We, we think that that's not fair, and I want to tell you, God is not fair. God is just. He is just, but he's not fair according to your definition of fair. We've got that mixed up sometimes. The Lord does pour out special blessings on people from time to time, and this is the kind of person that Asher was. Genesis chapter 30 and verse 13 says, Then Leah said, I am happy for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. Now, Leah had children, uh, the wife of Jacob. Rachel didn't have children. Rachel gave her handmaiden to, uh, to Jacob for him to have children by her handmaiden. And then Leah saw what Rachel was doing, and when Leah no longer was bearing children, she gave her handmaiden to Jacob to have children, and so you ended up with all of these children. Uh, it, uh, I think it was 12 boys and one girl, and they were from four different women, but Leah said when, when Asher was born to her, her handmaiden, she said, she used a word there, she said, I am happy for the daughters will call me blessed, and I will call his name Asher, and every one of those words are coming from the same root Hebrew word that means happy or blessed. 
In fact, Asher's name doesn't just mean blessed, it actually means blessedness. It's actually the plural. It actually means everywhere he turns, he is blessed. Some people just have more than their fair share of blessing. In fact, it not only means blessed, it means happy. It means prosperous. Now, sometimes preachers like me that try to, you know, eke out an existence by, by words, preachers like me will take and they'll juxtapose joy with happiness and make joy sound like it's a good thing and happiness sound like it's a bad thing. We'll say, well, you know, joy is something the world didn't give and the world can't take away, but happiness depends on happening. And so you, our goal shouldn't be to be happy. It should be to be joyful. Well, if you've ever been around joyful people, they're happy. <laughs> Happiness is not a bad thing. Now, God would rather you be holy than he had you be happy. But God doesn't have a problem with you being happy. God wants you to be happy. Now, he doesn't want you to do sinful things that you think will make you happy, that in reality, in the long run, will make you unhappy. He doesn't want happiness to be your goal, but he does want happiness to be the result of his blessings. So the very word bless, blessed or blessed means happy, prosperous, all of those things. Moses said about Asher, about the tribe of Asher, he said Asher, the, his descendants, the tribe of Asher, Asher's not just blessed, they're blessed above all of their brethren. They, they've got a special blessing. There was, a, there was a, a Southern Gospel song a few years ago that I, I really liked. And it goes like this. My father has a great big family, and there are many children besides me. If you're wondering how he divides his time, let me say I never stand in line. He loves me like I was his only child. I never felt so loved before. I could never ask for more. He loves me like I was his only child. God really loves me. Yes, he really loves me. He loves me like I was his only child. He never favors me above the rest, but I can't help but feel that I'm blessed. He treats me the best, I often say, but then all my father's children feel that way. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like, you know, God, you've been so good to me. I know you love everybody. I know you love all your children. But, Lord, I'll have to say, when I count my blessings one by one, you love me and spoil me like I was your only child. Lord, you have blessed me. Anybody feel blessed today? Anybody happy to know that God loves you and has blessed you? Yes, God has blessed us. And I'm going to tell you, in the United States of America, we are a blessed people. Let me tell you that there are Christians today around this world that are eking out an existence and longing for just a crumb of bread, uh, of bread, and God loves them just like he loves us, and yet we look around and we are worried about, and I know, I know these things are important to us, 
But really, in the long run, does it matter that the NBA is not playing, that college basketball is not playing, that college baseball is not playing, that the Major League Baseball has been put off a little while? Does it really matter that maybe for a couple of weeks or three weeks or so, we're going to be inconvenienced a little bit? Does it really matter that maybe we're going to have to conserve toilet paper for a little while? I mean, does that really matter in the long run with all that going on in the world and people that are, that are dying in the world and people that love God, know God, and I'll have to say if we look around us, we will have to say we have been spoiled with the blessings of God. In fact, the poorest among us today is, is wealthy compared to the majority of the world. We have been blessed by the hand of Almighty God. We've been blessed above our brethren. We've been blessed. We've been blessed so much we don't know how to appreciate it. We've been blessed so much that we have come to expect it. We've been blessed so much that if we don't get it just like we want it, just how we want it, we'll hold our breath till our face turns purple and have a tantrum with God. We're blessed so much that if God doesn't do it our way, we might stay home and pout about it for a little bit. Because we've been so very blessed. Did you know? You say, well, I don't know. I don't feel blessed. I don't feel like I've been that blessed. Well, you know, you can position yourself for blessings. Psalm chapter, or Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And because he does that, he's blessed. And because he's blessed, he shall be like a planted tree by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season, whose leaf also does it wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. If you're not as blessed as you think you ought to be, maybe you need to stop going to places you're going and thinking the things you're thinking and saying the things you're saying and acting the way you're acting and living the way you're living. And if you'll delight yourself in the law of the Lord, you'll find out you're so blessed you can't even keep up with it. You'll find that your life will prosper. I'm not talking just about material means, even though God provides those as well. I'm talking about a life that is fruitful, a life that is, is faithful, and a life that God blesses. We're happy because we're blessed. But let me ask you, are we blessed because we're happy? Are we happy because we're blessed? Or are we blessed because we're happy? In other words, blessed people walk around in a blessed state of mind. Blessed people count their blessings. Blessed people recognize blessings as blessings. Blessed people see that they're, they recognize, they acknowledge that they're blessed, and because they're blessed, they're happy. They're contented because they recognize the blessings of God in their life. And they do the things that result in blessing. Now, again, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the word for blessed or blessed is also the word for happy. So when Jesus spoke in the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn. That, uh, those don't sound like blessings to me, do you? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall tame mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart. Blessed are the peacemaker. Blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. In other, the be, in other words, the be attitudes are really the be attitudes. The be attitudes. They tell you how to be. Be happy even when bad things are happening. Be happy. James said it, James 1, 2, and 3. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when things go wrong, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So if you'll have the attitude, I'm going to be content, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to know and recognize that I'm blessed, then you will be blessed. So it works both ways. We're happy because we're blessed and we're blessed because we're happy because we recognize recognize those blessings. Now listen, blessed people bless people. Hurt people hurt people. Right? Worried people, worry people. You know, I know that because I know some worried people. And when I see them, they worry the life out of them. Right? Because they're telling me all their worries. Right? Hurt people, hurt people. Worried people, worried people. Damaged people, damaged people. And blessed people, blessed people. Blessed people are a blessing. That's what God said to Abraham, Genesis 12 and 2, when he called Abraham, he said, come follow me, I'll make you a great nation, I will bless you, I'll make your name great, and I shall make you a blessing. Genesis 22, 18, when Abraham would have sacrificed Isaac to the Lord, the Lord told him, because you've obeyed my voice, I'm going to make your descendants a blessing so that every nation of the earth will be blessed. Even in sorrow, bless people, bless people. The psalmist said, Psalm 84, 4 through 6, he said, Lord, we're blessed to dwell in your house. We'll still be praying you. Blessed is the man whose whose strength is you and in you. And he said, even when we pass through the valley of Baca or the valley of weeping, we leave behind us a spring. We make it a spring. And we leave behind us a pool. In other words, even when we go through hard times, we are blessed and we, we leave a blessing for others even through hard times. Asher was a man that was blessed. Asher was blessed in his location. His tribe was blessed with their location. They were given the prime real estate of the promised land. Now, I'll have to say, not their politics, not their way of life, but for natural beauty and the variety of beauty, California cannot be beat. You go to California and you go up to Northern California and you see those giant sequoia trees in Northern California and you, you go through, uh, what is it, Kings Canyon National Park and and you go through Sequoia National Park, and you you see these huge trees, and then you can drive down to the middle of the state and get into the Napa Valley, and you see the orchards and the vineyards and all of that rich farmland, and it's just so 
so very beautiful. And then you can drive on down further south and over toward the Nevada border and go through Palm Springs and you can see the beauty of the desert and you can see cactus and you can see all of that. And then you drive over uh, to the coast and you go, drive down to, the, to uh, southern California and you got the white beaches and all of it's just fantastic. But my favorite is to start just north of San Francisco and get on what is California State Route 1, but most people call it the Pacific Coast Highway. And get on the Pacific Coast Highway and come down from, uh, from right above San Francisco and come across the uh, Golden Gate and down through the Presidio and just ride all of that way down the California uh, coastline and on one side, if you are headed south, you look to your left and there will be trees or green pastures. There will be cattle out in those green pastures. There will be, be mountains looming in the distance. And then you look over to your right and you have a rocky shoreline that is making, winding its way down to this beautiful sea foam green. Oh, I'm going to tell you, it just knocks Jekyll Island out of the park. I mean, it just, there's no comparing that mud hole we got on our coast to that. I mean, you've got this beautiful, out there's this beautiful deep blue water and then up close it's this beautiful seafoam green and you can just see that, that those uh, waves crashing on those rocks and throwing that foam in the air and you go all the way down and here's the interesting thing, one of the most beautiful spots when you get down to Carmel and it's interesting that Carmel is named after Mount Carmel in the scripture. And that's exactly where the tribe of Asher lived. They, their southernmost border was, was Mount Carmel. This picture you see behind you is a picture of the Mediterranean Sea from Mount Carmel. And their southernmost border is Mount Carmel. And then they head north along the Mediterranean Sea. And it is, a, it is absolutely breathtaking what their homeland was. They got prime real estate, seaside real estate. And because of where they were, now I'm going to tell you, I've been a couple of times to Israel. I'm going to tell you, you get down to Jerusalem and south of Jerusalem and you get up there where Mount, over across the, uh, the way where Mount Pisgah is in Jordan and you look over, if, I didn't go up Mount Pisgah, but if you went up Mount Pisgah and looked at what Moses was looking at, if it looked like then what it looks like now, I didn't see much promise in the promised land. It, it, it's rank. I'm going to tell you, it's, it, it, it is really the Dead Sea area around there. It's just like being on the surface of the moon. Now, they tell me back in those days that the topography was a little bit different than it is now. But now, I'm going to tell you that the southern part of Israel is, I mean, it is stark. But it ain't that way up where Asher was. It was known for its fruit trees, for its orange trees. It was known for its olive presses. It, it, it was known for its olive groves. It was a place of great production. So they were blessed in their location. And they were blessed in their vocation. Whenever uh, Jacob was about to die and he blessed the children of Israel, he said in, in verse 20 of chapter 49, he said, blessed, from, uh, blessed uh, 
is Asher. Bread from Asher shall be rich, and he shall yield royal dainties. In other words, he's going to produce good food, and I imagine he took a bite of it every once in a while. Just royal dainties. Moses blessed the tribe of Asher. This is 400 years later. Moses blesses the tribe of Asher, Deuteronomy 33, uh, 24, and 25. He says, out of Asher, he said, Asher is the most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil and your sandals shall be iron and bronze as your days so shall your strength be. Moses said, Asher is going to go to that rich farmland and there's going to be so much production in olives, he's going to walk around ankle deep in olive oil. He's going, to, he's going to have physical strength. As long as he, as he lives, the people of Asher, I'm blessing with them that as, as their days are, so shall their strength be. And they're going to be a people that are settled, sandals of iron, I'm going to tell you, Asher was blessed everywhere he turned, and his tribe was blessed everywhere they turned. They lived around the mountains and the sea. Asher's temptation, Asher's problem, did not come from distress. Asher's problem didn't come from depression. Asher's problem came from distraction. Distracted by the very blessings that they enjoyed. Listen, for all of their blessings, did you know that Asher never did drive out the inhabitants of the land? Judges 1, 31, 32. Nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko or the inhabitants of Sidon or Alab or Agzbig or Helba or Aphik or Rehob. So the Asherites, the, the people of Asher, dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Where they were was Tyre and Sidon. It was called, it's called Seraphonicia. It's the Phoenician people. Tyre and Sidon were bywords in the ancient world. Even in Jesus' day, Tyre and Sidon were bywords for wickedness. They're spoken in the same breath as Sodom and Gomorrah. But the people of Asher that were so blessed in their location, so blessed in their vocation, prospered everywhere they went. They were too busy enjoying their blessings to deal with the sin that was at their door. They put up with, they didn't care if they lived with the Canaanites. They didn't care if they lived with the, uh, the Phoenicians. They didn't care if there was no change in their society. They didn't care about the pagan worship that was going on around them. As long as it didn't disturb them, as long as it didn't affect the bottom line, as long as it didn't keep them from sitting out on their lanai and enjoying the ocean breezes, they didn't care. Blessed. Somebody said, I'm too blessed to be stressed. But I think many of us are too blessed 
to be messed with. Not only would they not drive out the inhabitants, but in the time of the judges, did you know that Asher never had a deliverer? Asher never produced a champion. Asher never produced a judge. Old Judah had Othniel and Ibzan. Benjamin had Ehud. Ephraim had Deborah and Abdon. Naphtali had Barak. Manasseh had Gideon and Jair and Jephthah. Issachar had Tola. Zebulon had Elon. Even Dan had Samson. But there was no deliverer, no hero that came from Asher. So it's no surprise that in the days of Deborah, when she sent out the clarion call for the people of God to fight, that the Bible says in Judges 5 and 17 that whenever the call went out to Asher, Asher stayed at home. Asher stayed by the seashore. Asher was too comfortable to fight the good fight. And it wasn't because they couldn't fight. It's because they wouldn't fight. Years later at the coronation of David, we find out that Asher in the days of David had a standing army of 40,000 men. Wasn't that they couldn't fight, it's that they wouldn't fight. They were too blessed to be messed with. Well, does that sound a lot like the day that we're living in? That sounds a lot like not only America, but the church in America. The recipients of the choice blessings of God. But when the cry goes out, who will stand with me? Preacher, don't talk to me like that. That upsets me. As long as they don't infringe too much on my territory, I'm not that worried about infringing on their territory. The problem is, is that the devil is the devil in spite of himself. And make no mistake, he may leave you for a long time comfortable, but it won't be long before he will march on your shores till he'll invade your boundaries. And this happened. It happened that the Assyrian Empire invaded the northern kingdom of Israel, those, 12, those 10 tribes in the northern kingdom of Israel, which Asher was a part, and introduced their own people and own captured people in, into that area. But down in Judah at the time, they were blessed with a righteous king named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah wanted revival. And Hezekiah began to check with the priest and said, how long has it been since we celebrated the Passover? And the priest got to check in and saw that they hadn't celebrated the Passover. And he said, well, let's do it. And they said, well, let's do it. we'll do it, but um, we can't do it when we're supposed to do it because we're not sanctified. Ooh. I wonder if we'd have revival if the preachers would get sanctified. We're not sanctified. We've got to have time to get sanctified ourselves. 
We've got to have time to become ritually clean. And they did, and they set another date for Passover. And Hezekiah sent the word out, not only through the southern kingdom of Judah, but he sent the word out all through those, those tribes that are now captured. And he asked them to come. Come home, come to the temple, come to Jerusalem. Let's come and seek the Lord. This is, I'm trying to hurry, but this is 2 Chronicles 30, 5 through 10. I think it would benefit us for me just to read it to you. So they resolved to make a proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba to Dan. That means from one end to the other. That there should come, that they should come and keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem, since they had not done in a long time in the prescribed manner. Then the runners went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his leaders and spoke according to the command of the king. Children of Israel returned to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Then he will return to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hands of the king of, kings of Assyria. And do not be like your fathers. In other words, now listen, Asher is now under the control of a foreign nation. Do not be like your fathers and your brethren who trespassed against the Lord God of, of their fathers so that he gave them up to desolation as you see. Do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourself to the Lord and enter his sanctuary which is he sanctified forever and serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brethren and your children will be treated with compassion by those who lead them captive so that they may come back to this land for the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and he will not turn his face from you if you'll return to him. So the runners passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulon. In other words, all of these are countries surrounding Asher. So all of those, all of those tribes, including Asher, they sent out messengers saying, come home. Revival's breaking out at Jerusalem. Come home, come to the Lord. Here's the response. But they laughed at them and mocked them. I'm talking about blessed people that got so comfortable in their blessing that even when trouble came, were so complacent that not only were they complacent and wouldn't come, they mocked those that did. They mocked the, the messengers that said, if you'll turn to the Lord, he'll turn it around for you. You know them children you got you've been praying for? If you'll turn to the Lord, he'll save them. You know the trouble you got in your society? If you'll turn to the Lord, he'll listen. If my people which are called by my name will turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, repent of their sins, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. But they laughed at them and they mocked them. Even in their distress, they were defiant. But... 2 Chronicles 30, 11. Nevertheless, some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulon humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. 
Most of them liked, laughed and mocked, but there were a few souls that heard the call and humbled themselves and said, we will seek the Lord. 700 years go by and there Asher is almost forgotten except there's a little old woman living in Jerusalem. Her name was Anna. Anna had only been married seven years when her husband died. And Anna was according in the scriptures a little bit ambiguous. She was either 84 years old or she had been a widow for 84 years. So we don't know if she was 84 or 104, but she was old. But Anna didn't get her a condo to retire in down at the sea. The Bible says that Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, that Anna ceased not daily, day and night, to be in the temple seeking and worshiping the Lord. She made her location and her vocation to be in the presence of the Lord. That's better than being up and down. It's better than being up at the mountain or down at the beach. She said, I want to be in the house of the Lord. And guess what? One day, there was a young couple came in with a 40-day-old little baby. And when she saw him, along with an old man named Simeon, they said, that's Messiah. That's the Christ. And you know what Anna did in response to that? She ceased not to tell it everywhere she went and everybody she saw. And I'm going to tell you, child of God, if you will make your abode in the presence of God, God will show himself to you. And we may live in a world full of those that laugh and mock, but I believe I'm talking to some people that will humble themselves, even in Asher. I believe I'm speaking to some people even in the United States of America. And I love America, but I'm going to tell you, we are some of the most spoiled, arrogant, proud rebellious, defiant people the world has ever known in the United States of America. We have been so spoiled with the blessings of God that we no longer, as Abraham Lincoln said all of those years ago, we're too proud to pray to the God that made us. We have been so intoxicated with all of our success. But I'm going to tell you, even in America, there's still some people that will say, I will humble myself and go to Jerusalem and seek the Lord my God. Is that you? 
Is that you? Are you going to humble yourself and seek the Lord? If so, let's stand up from all over this building and just come right on down to this altar and say, I'm going to seek the Lord. If you're here today and you need healing, if you're here and you need to be saved, I'm here to pray for you. We don't want to leave you out. But I want the people of God to come and let's seek the Lord together. Come on, I'm going to pray over you as you come. Father.